Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the Patreon members. Tavia S., Victoria Dyer, Tina Mead, Nancy Wallace, Mana Ash, Interscare Wifey, Felicia Scott, Cindy Cleveland, House of Jen, and the rest will be right here on the screen. Thank you all so much for joining the new membership. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes right here on YouTube or become a Patreon member or would like to buy me a coffee, all of that information can be found in the description below. Quick reminder, I am asking that if you have any true, scary stories of your own, such as ghost stories, creepy encounters, let's not meet, or whatever the case may be, I am taking personal stories so that I can make a video of all of your personal stories to share right here on Back to Ashes. You can email those personal stories over to phoenixfirenarrations at gmail.com. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Let's Not Meet Stories. An ad will play right after this introduction. I'll read the first story. Another ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. Two years ago, I lived near a big city while taking care of my great-grandma. One day, me and my mom decided to get groceries, but we did not have a car, so we had to walk. When we were almost to the local King's Supers, I heard my first name being shouted. I ignored it at first, thinking I was hearing things, but then this random lady, who looked pretty disheveled and scared-looking, ran up to me and grabbed my arms and kept repeating my name. My name is not a common name, and everyone I know calls me by a completely unrelated nickname, so there was no way she heard someone else say my name. She looked so frightened and I will never be able to get her face out of my mind. She was holding on to my arms with this really tight grip, and I remember being surprised because she was very skinny and frail looking. Her grip left bruises on my arms for a while. My mom ended up grabbing my arm and dragging me away. She was freaked out too, but didn't say anything. She just kept praying. When I got home, she prayed a lot and blessed me. I was not scared of her, just... More confused. How did she know my name? Why did she look so scared? Either way, creepy old lady, let's not meet. When I was about 10 years old, my mom had her second kid. We didn't have a ton of money, so... It wasn't uncommon for our cars to break down or need to be repaired. Well, one day my mom, 
My baby sister and I were heading to my aunt's house. She lived kind of up in the mountains, so to get there we had to take a pretty steep inclined highway. Then it veered off into the more rural area where my aunt lived. About halfway up the incline, my mom's car started to sputter. We could feel the car giving out, and I remember my mom just trying to get the car as close to the exit as possible. Well, the car didn't make it, and we broke down on the side of the highway. This was before cell phones were popular, so the only way to get help was to walk to the nearest payphone. We were probably about half a mile or so away from the exit, and right off that exit was a gas station. My mom told me to get as close to the guardrail as possible, and we began walking. Within a few moments, a man pulled up beside us and asked if we needed a ride. My mom cradled my sister, shoved me to the side, and quickly said no to the man. She did that hip bump thing that most people do, and at first I was like, what the fuck? Because if I would have fallen over the rail, I would have tumbled down a pretty steep hill. But then I looked over and very clearly saw a gun on the man's front seat. It was half covered with a handkerchief, but it was clearly a small handgun. He pulled it closer to him and tried to fully conceal it, but both I and my mom had already seen it. He drove slowly beside us trying to convince my mom to get in the truck. But my mom kept saying no but she wasn't rude or mean about it. Calm as calm, just friendly as could be. He finally pulled off as we got closer to the exit. I'm guessing he wanted to stay on the highway. Once he pulled off, my mom looked at me and said, he was going to kill us. She was still eerily calm as f To the man in the truck trying to potentially kidnap us, I hope we never see you again. I grew up in L.A., and when I was around 1718, my friend and I, both girls, drove out to Malibu one evening to watch the sunset. We parked at the edge of the highway next to the beach and sat in my car. When we'd been sitting for just a little while, a guy on a skateboard came up to my side of the car. He was probably in his late 30s or his 40s with longish light brown hair and looked like a typical adult skater guy, of which there were many in L.A. He said he lived nearby and his wife was home with their baby, and they were out of formula, so he needed to go to the store to get more, and ask if we would drive him. The closest shopping area was a few miles from us, downhill. He said he would have no problem skating down there on his board, but it would be hard to skate back up. While the guy really didn't seem suspicious or give me any kind of creepy vibe, I need baby formula immediately sounded to me like a very stereotypical excuse a kidnapper or something would use, and the type of thing my parents would tell me to never listen to. So I said, sorry, no, we can't drive you. He pushed a little, trying to convince me. But when I politely said no a second time, he just said okay and skated away. It was only after he left that I started to feel more and more like the encounter was super weird. For one thing, 
we were in a very expensive neighborhood of fancy beach mansions. So it seems odd that somebody living nearby wouldn't have a car. But most importantly, there were other cars parked near us on the highway and surfers and families were getting into them after leaving the beach. Why did he just skate off rather than asking any of the adults nearby for a ride? Why did he only ask us? It just seems like an adult man should know to approach another adult for a ride, not teen girls, when there were plenty of cars and other people around. He did seem like a totally nice and normal guy, but the fact that he approached us and only us didn't sit right with me. And to this day, years later, I continue to wonder what his deal was and what would have happened if we'd given him a ride. To the creepy skater guy, I hope I never meet you again. I used to babysit for a family when I was in my 20s. One night, the mother had a function to attend, and she would not be back until 2 a.m. She decided to take an Uber because there was alcohol involved and she didn't want to drive home drunk. At the time, my husband and I shared a car, so anytime I worked late, one of the parents would drive me home. Well, this particular night, the father was out of town for work, and since the mom was in no shape to drive, she asked the Uber driver to take me home. I technically lived on the same road, but due to a dam between our houses, you had to take a few detours to get back on the street. I hope that makes sense. I get in the Uber, and since I had no access to the app, since it wasn't technically my Uber, I just verbally told him my address. I didn't love the idea of driving with a man that I didn't know at 2 a.m., so I was texting my husband, giving him the play-by-play. At first, everything was fine, but when I told the driver to turn right, he completely ignored me. I spoke louder to him, telling him my house was back that way, but he said, no, we're going this way. I thought maybe he was going to go the long way to get more money, which would mean that we would turn right at the next red light. He kept going. At this point, I was freaking the f*** out. There was no other way to get to my house. Going straight took us to the highway, and once on the highway, he could have taken me anywhere. I began yelling and immediately called my husband. I told the driver to turn around now. And if he didn't, my husband was tracking my phone and would have a lovely surprise for him. He kept driving, and the highway was quickly approaching, so I said that I was calling 911. He quickly apologized and did a quick U-turn and took me home. I didn't allow him to drop me off right in front of my door. Instead, I got out a little further down and waited until he pulled away. Then I ran like hell to my door. I honestly don't know what he was thinking or where he was taking me. I truly think he believed that I was as wasted as my boss and was taking me somewhere. To that creepy-ass Uber driver, I hope you lose your job and I never see you again.
I work a graveyard shift as a security guard for a recycling yard. I can't say the company for obvious reasons. I've been on the site for two weeks, this being the second. Basically, every hour I make rounds across a giant recycling yard covered in various precious metals that are broken down and sold. During my shift, I scan various checkpoints and ensure nobody besides me is in the yard or facility. One of my other tasks is to go through some grassy and bushy terrain and over a set of train tracks to take a photo of a warehouse far across. This is to ensure it is safe and clear. I have to use a flashlight with 2K lumens so I can see on my way through pretty much the entire yard. Well, just an hour and a half go by on my round. I went through the grass and over the train tracks. I took the picture of the warehouse and submitted it. All of a sudden, I get this intense feeling that I'm being watched. The hairs on my neck stand up and I freeze. My flashlight is still on and pointing at the warehouse. I slowly turn around and point my flashlight behind me. I kid you not, about ten yards away, I see a skinny, old, wrinkled white man with a large white beard sitting on a chair. He was looking directly at me. He had dirty jean overalls and what I think was a western-style cowboy fedora on. He was bare skin under the overalls, by the way. Now, I'm six foot tall, 220 pounds of a man, but I screamed, at a pitch. That was embarrassing. I accidentally dropped my flashlight out of shock. Mind you, there are thin, tiny metal shards literally everywhere on the ground. I can't see a damn thing right now as the flashlight is facing away from my sight. All I hear is a quick pace, shuffling and clanging of metal from footsteps quickly running towards me. Once the metal crunching footsteps are within maybe five feet of me, I hear them quickly veer to the left and pass me. Within three to four seconds, the metal clanging is gone, followed by the faraway sound of rustling bushes. I then grabbed my flashlight from the ground and pointed it to the sound. The old man was gone, past the bushes to who knows where. I was shaking from adrenaline and fear. I managed to catch my breath and called several emergency contacts. When they arrived, the old man was long gone. I believe maybe he was just there to watch the active trains move across. I say this because the metal chair was facing the tracks. It's still sitting there. I took a photo of it. More as a memento, if anything. This group doesn't allow photos, otherwise I would have shared. I am now in the office, still terrified and alone. I have to finish my shift tonight. And tomorrow, do another 11-hour graveyard. I won't quit, as I need the money. I just wanted to get this off my chest. To the creepy old man, I hope I never see your face again, man. A colleague of my mother's told her this story, and I got instant goosebumps when I heard it. Also, I'm not a native speaker, so I'm sorry if I make mistakes. 
My mom's colleague lives alone. No partner, parent, or children. Just a dog to keep her company. But every year during the summer holidays, she invites her cousins, so her sister's children, to spend an evening with her. Then they watch movies, play games, and eat candy. The children absolutely love it. As she lives alone, she has only one bedroom. When she's having a sleepover with the cousins, she lets the children sleep in that bedroom, and she herself sleeps on the couch downstairs. So, last summer, she organized a sleepover with her cousins as usual. It was fun, and she had just put the children to sleep in her bedroom. Tired but satisfied, she plopped down on her couch and soon fell asleep. Around 3 a.m., she was woken up by her dog barking restlessly. This was quite abnormal because her dog never barked at night. Still half asleep, she got up from the couch and walked over to her dog to see what was going on. She bends down to pet her dog and says, Hey, what's wrong, buddy? As she says this, she hears someone behind her in the darkness respond, I don't know either. She started screaming and immediately ran upstairs to lock herself and the children in the bedroom and call the police. In the end, it turned out to just be a drunk man who had entered the wrong home. But man, I would shit myself if this happened to me. To the creepy old drunk man, please, I hope my colleague never sees you again. So my friend's mom, let's call him Jake, was rumored around school to be a prostitute. I don't know how the rumor started, and I'm not actually sure it was even true, but every time anyone brought it up, he would get super angry and deny it. Anyway, he was the popular boy of the school and would always host parties. I would often go to them, and his mom was always wasted and hanging out drinking with the kids. At the time, we all thought she was cool because she would buy us drinks, but that obviously wasn't the case. She was a single mom, so his dad was never around. On this particular night, my parents wouldn't let me go because they said it was too late, but I was a dumb teenager, so I snuck out at like 3 a.m. and walked there. Again, dumb teenager. He lived close to me. When I got there, there weren't many people left as it was already so late, but my best friend at the time was there still as she was waiting for me and we were going to come back to mine together. His mom had three friends over, all in their fifties or so, and all men. Pretty soon after getting there, there was only like four of us left, and Jake's mom and one of the men, the rest had left. I wasn't drinking much because it was so late. I maybe had three drinks. The man seemed to take a liking to me and offered me a shot, which I accepted, and not long after that, I started to feel really drunk and out of it. At the time, I chalked it down to not eating much that day, but he likely drugged me. This should have been a warning sign in itself that a man wanted to hang around with a bunch of kids, but... Everyone was drunk, and I wasn't taking much notice to him. I'm pretty sure the adults were doing drugs, too. 
Everything after this point, I don't remember much of, but my friend told me. At some point, he thought it was funny to pour water all over me and was laughing. And then he starts saying he wants to touch my belly button while proceeding to try and lift up my shirt. I pushed him away and said something along the lines of, F*** off. Get away from me. My dad will beat you up. He is double your size. Which made him super offended, and he was saying, I thought she was fun. Now she's ruining the party. How dare you say that? Jake's mom was trying to get him to calm down. At this point, I'm ready to go home, obviously, but can't find my phone anywhere, and I wanted to call my parents. My friend says I was crying and said, I want my mommy, which is something I would never have been caught dead saying in front of people at the time, so I can only imagine how distraught I would have been. This is when the man says he is going to take her home in the back of my truck, while his mom proceeds to yell, stop, stop. She's only 16. While he tried to pick me up and she was trying to fight him off, he eventually gave up and went home or to another room. I'm not exactly sure. We were too drunk to walk back to my house and I didn't have my phone to call an Uber. I ended up sleeping over on the couch and his mom was looking after me. I don't think anything happened to me while I was sleeping, but there is no way of knowing. My friend was with me the whole time, but she was sleeping too. Safe to say, I never went back to his place ever again, or even talked to the kid. Not that it's his fault, his mom was sketchy. Also, I'm from the UK, hence the drinking so young. For the Americans, it's super common here. I did tell my parents, yes, and my dad wanted to go over to Jake's, probably to yell at his mom and he wanted to get the man's info. I begged him not to because I was embarrassed for him to do that at that time. But looking back, I should have let him. My parents weren't angry at me for sneaking out, just super concerned, obviously, and banned me from going back there. Not that that would have been a problem. So to that crazy old drunk fool, let's not ever meet again. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This is my first time telling this story, so please forgive my grammatical errors. One year ago, I was on an app, a local app where you could talk to people who were within your area. I meet a nice girl there, and we also had common interests. We hit it off right away and exchanged numbers and pictures. Everything was perfect. Too perfect. She was all over me saying stuff like, you are very gentleman-like, which I am, but that's just for the ladies who read this post. But she was obsessed with me, and I never had a girl like that before. 
even though she wasn't the best-looking girl, she made me feel a certain type of way. Then, at some point, we wanted to meet, normally on a Saturday afternoon, and had a nice time. We then went at some point to her house and did the deed and had a great time. I tried to sleep this day at her home, but she didn't want me to. I thought maybe she lost interest because of my poor performance, but couldn't be bothered at that point and went on with my day and left the house. But no, she didn't lose interest. She asked me if I arrived well after I got home 30 minutes later. And so on, nothing special happened. Just normal texting about life and stuff. Until... Two weeks later, when I was done with my studies, I wanted to see her again, but something was different. The way she wrote, without emojis and more direct. When I wrote her, she almost instantly replied which is kind of different because she always took her time. That's how I knew her, but I was sexually aroused and didn't care that much, and it was almost like another person is behind her mobile phone. I didn't give a fuck and said I will pick her up with my car at her house, but no. She said I should meet her at a local park. She had to stop and get gas anyway. The location we were supposed to meet was a local park, but she wanted to meet when it was already kind of dark, which is suspicious. But at that time, it wasn't somehow. But I asked, why there? And she told me to not ask any dumb questions and said, just be there on time. I replied, laugh out loud, okay. When I got there and was waiting for her, she came ten minutes later. But I didn't care, to be honest. I was just so happy I could see her again. She parked her car, and I got a weird feeling. I knew something was terribly wrong here, but couldn't point out what. I checked the location, was looking left, right to see if anything was wrong. I also checked the bushes to make sure no one would ambush me. She also didn't come out for the next two to three minutes. And I was like, yeah, just a stupid, funny, unfunny joke of her like she sometimes did earlier. I could not see into her car because the windows were tinted. So I really couldn't see her through the windows and stood 20 to 30 meters away. I was waiting for her to come out of the car, but she didn't. I was smiling at her car, probably because of nervousness and thought she was playing an unfunny joke on me. But then suddenly I get a call. I pull out my mobile phone and it was her. As soon as I pulled my mobile phone out and saw her name, I heard doors open. But not one door. Two, or even more. The way the car was parked was horizontal, so couldn't see if there were more passengers who opened the door. One thing I knew was my body was instantly in flight or fight mode, and I knew something was extremely wrong here. I ran for my life and didn't even look back to see who or what exited the car. After I managed to escape, I deleted and blocked her number. I believe to this day she cheated on her boyfriend and he somehow found out and wanted to beat me up or do even more serious harm. I've heard all that shit in the news how people lash out because of cheating fiancés and wives and didn't want to be another statistic. Don't even believe she was in the car. Probably two, maybe more dudes who intended to do 
serious harm to me. I was kind of surprised how fast I could run when I actually tried to. Perhaps because of the adrenaline? My God, what a feeling that was. So, to the creepy clingy girl, we're done, and I hope I never see your face ever again. To give you some context, in 2001, I got my first job as an order picker in a food processing company. Being a very unsocial person, I managed to negotiate with my boss to work with the small night shift, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. It's quite ridiculous because there's nothing good about being an order picker when you compare it with other jobs, but for me, it was heaven. I could work on my own without having to interact with other people. One evening, my father dropped me off in front of the company at 9 p.m. and left. He couldn't take me any later because he was too tired to drive any later that night. So I sit down on the ground next to the building and start lighting up a cigarette and hanging out on my phone. A few minutes later, a man emerges from the darkness, well-dressed and very groomed, and carrying a rucksack. He walks over to sit on the ground next to me. At the time, he looked like an ordinary employee, so I thought he must have forgotten a file and came back to get it. But the strange thing was that the building was still open, so the man could have gone straight in to get his papers. When I remembered, I was really scared and wondered what this man wanted and why he was sitting so close to me. Being paranoid by nature... I imagined all sorts of creepy things he could do to attack me, but fortunately, he didn't do anything. He just sat there and didn't move an inch, as if he'd become a statue. After several minutes of silence, during which I stressed, and he did literally nothing, it was 9.50 p.m., so I entered the building and the man did the same. I was even more worried, but... Then I remembered that the building had security cameras, and that reassured me. After all, why would he attack me in the building, which is secured by cameras, when, outside, there were none? I made my way to the changing rooms to change into my prep outfit and saw that he'd taken a different one that led to the offices. This reassured me a little, as it confirmed my theory that he was just an employee. Throughout my evening at work, I thought about this man and could not stop wondering why he had waited on the ground with me. One of the most likely scenarios I thought of was that he probably thought the door was closed and that I was waiting to be let in, and that by instinct, he just sat down and waited with me without saying anything. For most of my shift, I was alone in my area and continued to work. Except that at one point, I heard a man coughing and turning around. I saw him. The man stood there, straight as an eye, staring at me. When I noticed he was staring at me, I jumped up and asked, Can I help you? But the man said nothing and continued to stare at me blankly. After about two minutes, which seemed like hours, he walked towards me. My instincts were screaming at me to run away from this man, but I couldn't. I was stunned. 
and when he was less than two meters away, he put his hand in his pocket. I thought he was going to pull out a knife or something and stab me, but instead he pulled out a pack of cigarettes, still intact, handed them to me and walked out. It was the same brand as the one I had been smoking, but it didn't belong to me for the simple reason that I buy my cigarette packs individually, and once this one is empty, I go and buy another, but I never buy several packs at the same time. What's more, he could never have known what brand it was since I didn't take my pack out in front of him. After that, I never saw him again. I moved to another area that evening to talk to other colleagues, but they were dubious about my story. I also tried to tell my superiors, but they didn't believe me either, because you need an access card to enter the building and, according to them, if this stranger was able to get in, he probably had one. The problem was that I was the one who opened the door, and the man simply walked through before it closed. Nevertheless, I continued to work there until the end of my contract, but I still don't know who this man is or what he wanted from me. Why did he sit so still next to me that night? Why did he follow me into an employee area? Why did he watch me for so long without saying a word? And why did he give me that unopened pack of cigarettes? To that mysterious man, let's not meet. It takes me about four and a half hours to drive home when visiting my family. When I have two hours left, my gas tank is half full, so I always stop to get gas at the rest stop. This time, I really had to use the restroom, and so I just wanted to quickly pull into the first pump I saw available, pump gas, go to the restroom, and be on my way. When I pulled up, there was a car at the pump in front of me, and a man was also getting gas. Now, he was staring at me when I pulled up behind him, which I never gave a second thought to because I find it to be pretty common. I do the same thing when a car pulls up behind me. But here's the thing. As I'm doing my thing with putting my card in, opening the gas cap, etc., I noticed that he was still staring at me through my peripheral vision. When I looked over, he would look away. When I get my gas, my parents always told me, be aware of my surroundings. As I pump, I do a routine of looking to my left, right, in front, and behind. The man was still watching me. So at this point, I'm just staring back at him. His, who I assume to be because they look identical, son gets out of the car, says something to him in his ear, and switches places with him. Now this man is walking towards me, but jerks his body to the passenger side of my car, and gets close to look in as he walks by. Great, he's trying to rob me now. Well, good luck, because my door is locked. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for the tip. He was walking around my car pretty closely while staring at me, pauses for a second, and then quickly goes inside the convenience store. I will say... It did look like he wanted to say something, but I was more focused on finishing up at the pump so I could do my thing inside and quickly leave. 
I had my pet with me in the passenger side in his carrier, so when I grabbed him, I noticed a pump attendant, which is never common, standing at the trash can across from me. I said, Hey, I'm just heading inside for a sec, but I will be right out. He smiled and told me not to worry. Now you're probably wondering, why didn't you go somewhere else? Well, number one, I don't fear men. Number two, I purposely grabbed the attention of the pump attendant to show I was traveling alone as a female. Number three, I really had to use the restroom, okay? Cut me some slack if you think I'm going to let the male species prevent me from tending to my needs. Number four, in all seriousness, as a female, I'm used to men staring at me and being creepy around me. I know what I can handle. When I get into the store, I noticed him heading to the men's room. I purposefully chilled a little longer so I wouldn't run into him and leave. Made nice conversation with the lady and her kid. And post-restroom break, I grabbed a drink from the cooler and this man came right up against me to get a drink. I quickly turned and walked away. I thought he was gone and realized he was waiting for me. I dodged him a few more times inside and he finally left. I paid and walked out after the man was already in his car. But when I walked to my car door, my heart sank. A paper was slipped in the handle and my mind went straight to trafficking because I remember a girl with a similar story of how she found a paper in her handle and it made her sick when she removed it. I thought, damn, it finally reached this point for me. My first thought was to immediately go inside and grab an attendant. Why didn't I quickly get in the car and drive off? Because the man's car was still parked in front of mine. I didn't want him following me and possibly forcing me into something like an accident causing me to be alone with him since the highway was pretty empty today until we wait for the police to show up. But I noticed the pump attendant who was standing on the other side was now at the trash can next to my car. He handed me some napkins and I took the paper out. The man and his son then drove off as I went to throw it away. But I noticed that he wrote his name, phone number, and car type on the paper. In those few seconds, I thought I was about to be trafficked. Instead, the man was just too shy to give me his number. To the creepy man, Andrew's son, for all I care, I hope I never see you all again. Here's some background info. This occurred in 2017 in New South Wales, Australia. When I was younger, I had a sleepover with seven of my friends, two of which arrived later on in the night. It was around 9.30ish at night when we were all surrounding the campfire my friend's stepdad had built the day earlier for the party. My friend and I both got up to walk to his small tent shed in the backyard that was full of mattresses and used primarily for storage. And as we were walking towards said shed, I stopped mid-walk because I thought I saw someone standing right in between the two fences opposite his house. One fence, five meter gap, another fence. I got really scared about this and went straight back to the campfire without telling an adult for some strange reason. 
When I woke up the next day, we all went out to check if the coals were still hot because his dogs liked to jump in the fire pit. When everyone went to check the coals, I went towards the fence where I thought I saw this person, and to my surprise, actually found two size 12 shoe impressions in the ground, which flattened the extremely long grass. Two months later, my friend group was wandering the streets in my small rural suburb at night. On the main road that went through the estate, there was a really sketchy park with an old block of toilets and a set of swings. When someone suggested we walk over to the park to hang out on the way to someone's house, I pointed out that there was what appeared to be a dude with a kid on the swings. But as we switched the side of the road we were walking on, realized there was only one person, a guy dressed in black pushing an empty swing. I also spotted that the guy's head and right hand was twitching constantly and very aggressively. And after some convincing, we all got pretty freaked out by it and decided to walk, I mean run, to my friend's house. Five months after that, I woke up in my room to go to the toilet in the ensuite, which also had a bathroom, large sink, and shower. As I sat down on the toilet, I could hear something tapping on the toilet window. Sounded like a tree branch, I think. And for some strange reason, turned the light off. I hide behind the beam in the ensuite and slowly peeked out the window, to which I could see someone directly standing in between the corridor outside and the fernery. Coming out of the toilet, instead of walking down the hallway and telling my parents, I turned right to the laundry door, which led to the washing machine, dryer, and another door opposite that. In a spat of courage, I flung the door wide open and screamed, Boo! really loudly. But, to my surprise, couldn't see anyone. I actually couldn't see anyone. And as I said boo, I realized that I could feel my breath almost coming back like there was a wall in front of me. Looking up, I realized that there was a person standing right in front of the fly screen, blocking out my view, which was limited to above the person's shoulders and under his hands. I assume it was a guy because their body shape is eerily similar to mine, with broad shoulders and roughly six foot seven to six foot eight tall, which I am six foot eight and have to suck in most door frames. The next morning, I went out with my mom to the garage, which was connected to the fernery, to find the sand on the ground with these hiking boot-like impressions leaning toward the two gates, which were flung wide open and one even off the hinges. I passed all of these off with simple explanations as a kid. The guy in the fence was a neighbor who was curious about the party. The person at the park was just a weirdo who was trying to scare kids during the killer clown phase. And the last one, uh, I, I honestly have no idea. As do none of my friends or family members I have told this to. But what is very creepy to me is that all of these three individuals I saw all had the exact same body shape and posture, kind of slumped over because of their height and in a sitting position, leading me to believe that these were all the same person, and later confirmed with my friends that they all saw one dude by himself on multiple occasions 
acting really weird around dusk on school days near bus stops. So, to this creepy dude, please leave us alone. I hope we never have to see you again. I recently had a bone-chilling experience that I just can't shake off, and I thought this would be the perfect place to share it. Brace yourselves for a spine-tingling tale straight out of a horror movie. Last weekend, a group of friends and I decided to go on a camping trip in the deep woods. We had heard rumors about an old dilapidated cabin tucked away in a remote part of the forest. Intrigued by the eerie stories surrounding it, we couldn't resist the temptation to explore it firsthand. As we made our way through the dense vegetation, the atmosphere grew progressively unsettling. The air turned still, and in an inexplicable feeling of being watched descended upon us. Eventually, we stumbled upon the cabin, and it was as creepy as described. A decaying structure covered in overgrown vines, with broken windows, and a door hanging off its hinges. Nervously, we pushed open the creaking door, revealing a dark, musty interior. The flickering beams of our flashlights barely illuminated the room, casting eerie shadows on the peeling wallpaper. We cautiously stepped inside, our hearts pounding. That's when we heard it. A faint whisper, almost indistinguishable. The hair on the back of our neck stood on end as the whispering grew louder, seemingly coming from all directions. It was as if the cabin itself was alive with malevolent secrets. Terrified, we decided to leave, but our path was suddenly obstructed by a figure blocking the door. It was a man his features obscured by the shadows, and he appeared disheveled and sinister. His eyes gleamed with an unsettling intensity, and we froze in fear. The man's lips curled into a twisted smile as he spoke in a low, gravelly voice. He muttered something about the cabin being his sanctuary and warned us never to return. We stumbled over each other, desperate to escape, and eventually managed to break free, sprinting back through the woods in sheer terror. To this day, I can't shake off the feeling that there was something truly malevolent about that encounter. What was that cabin hiding? Who was that mysterious man? I have so many unanswered questions that continue to haunt me. Regardless of the case, I know one thing's for sure. To that creepy old man in that cabin, I hope I don't ever encounter you again. Working with the public lends itself to endless strange encounters, so here's one of those strange ones. We were five minutes from closing the library tonight. Mondays are very slow in the summer, so at five minutes to close, we are basically just waiting for the clock to tick. All tasks are completed. You may get one or two strangers in to pick up a hold, but not often. 
It's generally very quiet. Not tonight. This man walks in and I say, We're closing up, can I help you? He hollers from the entryway. I'm looking for a book. Okay. If you come to the desk, I can help you. He rushes over and says, You close at 11, right? I've worked here for over six years. We have never closed at 11. I told him no and asked again if I can assist him. By this time, my two other co-workers are up front with me, asking what's going on and who is shouting. He just continues to stare at me like I have multiple heads. I ask again, can I help you? He says he needs to use the phone and reaches for my desk phone. Uh, nope. I move it away and tell him he can use the public access phone in the lobby. But at this point, he only has about three minutes to do so. He again reiterated he knows we close at 11. I again tell him absolutely not, we close at 8. By now we are all thinking this guy is going to be a hassle to evacuate from the building at 8. My co-worker is waiting near the lobby, asking what she should do. Since I'm the person in charge, it's up to me to decide how to handle this. No pressure. I told her I'll go with you and let's check the restrooms, close down the bookstore and start shutting off the entryway and lobby lights. My other co-worker, I direct to stay near the phone. This guy is just odd and if things go south, we need help in a hurry. We are all feeling edgy now. She and I lock up and turn off lights. He, meanwhile, is scrolling through the public phone call log, not making a call at all. It's just a random listing of numbers, so I don't know what he expects to find there. I told him it's time to wrap things up and we need to close. He begins to head back into the library. Oh no. I'm pregnant and exhausted and ready to go home. He is not going back into the library. As loudly and as assertively as I can say, we are closed and you need to leave now. He again tells me we close at 11. I don't know if this man is on drugs or simply confused, but he needs to exit. My coworker backs me up and says he needs to leave or we can call the police. He finally relents and heads out the door. We pull everything closed after him and ensure it's all locked. I looked at my co-workers and say, No one leaves until he leaves that parking lot. They both readily agreed. The last thing we need is him harassing us off the premises too. We wait and wait a good ten minutes until he finally drives away. I don't know what this man's deal was, but I hope he won't become a regular library creeper. And I also hope we never see him again. This story happened five or six years ago. I went home by the bus and then got off as usual and then went the route I always go to get home. It was in the evening and then a man passed by me. He looked at me very angry as if I was someone familiar or like he knew me from somewhere, and as if I had done something bad to him. 
I didn't think anything of it and went on normally. And then I had a gut feeling to look behind me, but the man just went on, but slower pace than where he passed me, and then a few seconds later I looked behind again, and he also looked over his shoulders. I got heart palpitations and goosebumps all over my body and start to walk faster. He turned around and followed me. I tried not to show fear and went on at a slightly faster walking pace until after a few meters. There was a corner after I passed the corner. I ran as fast as I could. Then, at some point, I stopped running and thought I had lost the man and thought it was just a weirdo, drunken bum. Then, all of a sudden, I was approached and stopped by a man who looked familiar with the person. Just his hair was way shorter, and he had a beard like an ISIS terrorist, and asked me if I had a euro for him. I denied and said I had no money with me, which was very strange. I was never approached at that time this late in the evening, where someone asked me for a euro. The man did not let go of me. He acted as if someone had given him the order to stop me, like no matter what, just keep the person in this case me, standing on one point as long as possible. While he was still talking to me and saying that he was very, very hungry, I just kept walking and said that I am very sorry and that I had no money. And then, surprisingly, the man let off of me. I went a few meters, and then as I looked back to see what the bum was doing, who asked me for a euro, I saw the first person again, and my heart started pounding really fast. I thought that I am in a never-ending nightmare, and I went on as quickly as possible. I tried to take detours to lose him. I didn't want to let him know that I am afraid of him. That's why I did not run. While I was going fast, I wrote a text to my parents and siblings via WhatsApp that they should open the door before I arrive, so that I am not too long busy with the unlocking of the door and this crazy f with this long, unkept beard, does not find out where exactly my house is. This person did not let go of me, but I eventually almost arrived at home, and the man was still behind me. Before you get to my house, you have to pass a carport. So I was at the carport, and there was a corner. I looked behind before I passed the corner, and the man was about 15 to 20 meters away from me. Then... As I passed the corner, I ran as fast as I could with all the adrenaline in my blood into my house so that he at least could not make out which house I live in exactly. I did not tell my parents or siblings about the situation and tried to hold my composure. I did not want them to creep out since we had a lot of problems anyway, like private stuff and financial stuff, but they knew something was wrong since my face was pale as hell. You almost could see my heart beating through my t-shirt. That's how scared I was. For the next days, it has sometimes rung in the evening at strange times. My father one time went down the stairs to open the door, and I immediately went down the stairs as fast as I could and told him why he should not open the door, like there is some weirdo around the village trying to sell stuff for television or some bull so that he kept the door closed. At that time, and I still do this to this day, 
believe that the person who rang the bell at that time was the creepy person who passed by me and followed me all the way home. He tried to find out in which house I lived. I live in a house with many houses next to me. Don't know the English word for it, so if somebody knows, please tell me. And I'm still glad to this day my parents somehow believed me and didn't ask any further questions. I also had a few neighbors with whom I get along well with, and we sometimes talked about life and stuff. They also told me the same thing that happened to us, that someone rings at very strange times at their house in the late evening. I was shocked, but tried my best to not act out and said, Damn, that's crazy. They also could not make out who the person was. They said no normal person opens the door when it's that late, which I agreed on. For a second, I wanted to tell them about my encounter with that creepy person, but at that time I was insecure as f**k and did not want people that I'm close with thinking I was a weirdo or some shit. The one question I ask myself almost every night before I go to bed, what would have happened if the man had seen which house I went into? What would he have done to me or my family? I had goosebumps while writing this. Luckily, the ringing was only every day, but in total, only for a week. And then, I'm so glad it stopped. Also, the way the person rung the bell was also very weird. It was like a ring, then a pause for two seconds, and the same way, four different times. I wonder if he confused me with someone who knew me from somewhere, like, for example, the guy his wife cheated with. I didn't look at him aggressively, just normal eye contact. How can the same person be provoked by a two to three second eye contact? I also apologize for my grammar as I am not a native English speaker. But I will say, I hope I never see that creepy guy again and I hope he never follows me home and stops ringing our doorbell. Last week, I received a call from an unknown user. My first thought was that someone wants to sell me something or, you know, anything like that. Normally, I wouldn't answer, but I was bored and thought I might prank the other person. A male voice that didn't sound familiar to me said, You prove that you are a real fighter. You don't let life defeat you. I will call you again in a week, and then it will start. I thought nothing about it, and I assumed it was a harmless joke. Until yesterday. The time a week passed by. I was on my way to a job interview and was waiting at a bus stop for the bus, which was already in sight. Bus stood in front of a red traffic light. My phone started to ring, and again it's from an unknown user. This time I didn't want to answer. But all of a sudden, this guy who was sitting in the bus stop house said... Didn't he mention that he would call you again? At first, I thought he was on the phone because he had AirPods inside his ears, but then he looked straight in my direction and asked, Don't you want to answer that? I asked him what he means, but he didn't answer. Then, my bus stood in front of us, and because I was in a hurry, I just got on and left. I finished my job interview and went home and haven't left my apartment since. Sometimes I look out of the windows to see if anything or anyone seems strange to me. But so far, 
I haven't noticed anything until now. No further calls came in. I'm a bit scared now and I don't know what I should do about it. I just really hope I never run into that creepy guy at the bus stop or the other person on the other end of that phone call ever again. I'm not sure if this is a let's not me, but it feels like one to me as I get a constant bad vibe from this person. Here's my quick story. I started a new job about 10 years ago at an up-and-coming advertising agency. Everyone was pretty young and trendy, and I was introduced to the team. Some were nice, some were not, etc. Normal. I got introduced to this guy. Let's call him Aaron. The instant I looked at him, I get my hackles up. Pure fear. Little bit of disgust in there, too. No idea what I must have looked like from the outside. He was normal apart from his hobbies were a little unusual. He said he did salsa, some martial arts, and every year took all his holiday in one block to travel around Asia a couple of countries at a time. He said nothing more and I barely had to interact with him on any projects. But if I had to get the lift with him or if I was in early, I just felt this dread. He wasn't weird or awkward at all, and no one gave away that they were feeling the same as me. So what could it be? It was a deep animal feeling I had. I was wondering, could it be pheromones? Maybe he reminds me subconsciously of someone I know. It's weirded me out for years. I worked with him for two years, and I felt it constantly. I finally left that job, and, to be honest, I hope I never have to deal with him again. Alright, dear listeners, that is the end of these true Let's Not Meet stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you all soon. Have yourselves a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.